The Bucks get blown out by the Miami Heat. Is it time to panic in Milwaukee? And will the Knicks protests actually get upheld? Plus, we have the top buyout candidates for the remainder of the regular season. It's the Wednesday episode of Locked On NBA. Let's go. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On NBA, the daily podcast covering everything you want to know around the association, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On Wednesdays, I'm your co-host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all with Tony East. Happy happy Mardi Gras to you. I got the beads on and everything here, coming straight from parades to do Locked On NBA. I'm bummed I don't have mine. I went to New Orleans years years ago and i kept it it has a little bud light logo on it i wish i had it on i was not prepared it should have you should have been in, in look i had zebra print pants on today i had a fun jacket we got we got all the costumes here and uh everything but we had fun games in the nba today didn't we actually so i'm glad i'm going from that to this here well the first thing we're going to talk about is not having a lot of fun right now <laughs> unfortunately uh, and we have to start with the Bucks. And Jake, I want to I want to give the headline here first, so I don't sell short what happens to the Bucks. If you'll if you'll let me go for just a second, the Bucks lost tonight. That's okay. They've done that kind of a lot recently. They lost at home to the Heat without Jimmy Butler and without Terry Rozier, and they didn't lose the Heat. They got steamrolled one twenty three ninety seven by the Miami Heat in their house. And yes, I know that the Heat. Uh, have done this to the Bucks before. Heat won every quarter. It was never close. Uh, and I get that the Bucks haven't had the best season ever. They're now four and six since Doc Rivers got hired. Yikes, Jake. Yikes. It's not good, right? Like, it's certainly not good if you're the Bucks right now. Like, Doc Rivers was supposed to come in and stabilize them, right? Like, that was this. When I was talking, I think, last week or the week before with John Corrales on here, I basically said, like, Doc Rivers is like Applebee's or Chili's, right? Like, it, it'll be fine. You're not going to go and have, like, an amazing meal there, but it'll be consistent. You know what you're getting. And that's all the Bucks kind of needed, just some, like, stability here. But they don't even have that, right? Like, he was supposed to come in and kind of save their defense, and that hasn't been the case, right? You just gave up 123 points, I think, to the Miami Heat in this game. The defense looked rough. You gave up 24 to Nikola Jovic, right? Bam Adebayo had a triple-double here, 16, 12, and 11. Like, nothing about this has screamed like the defense is fixed or that Doc Rivers is doing what he should be doing. Yeah, I don't expect, and I don't think anyone expects him to like come in and snap his fingers and like, hey, all right, the, the Bucks are great all of a sudden. Adrian Griffin, no problem. But I did think they'd be like better than than this, <laughs> and and maybe I'm selling this short, but like the if it doesn't change that much from one coach to another, then you have to think about the team a little bit. I'm gonna give Doc more than ten games with no training camp. They've probably practiced. I mean, you 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 follow a team once twice since he got hired maybe not even once so yeah he'll get some time maybe the all-star break will be rejuvenating for them but to not only lose right this heat game they got beat by minnesota by 24 uh last week they got beat by phoenix by eight they lost to utah by 15 at eh, portland they lost to portland by three they got beat by the nuggets by six that's what beat the nuggets earlier this week which is definitely their most encouraging results of this stretch those lost or um some other games that they should have won all this to say though the teams that they're playing that are contenders they're getting smoked they're not losing they're getting killed and i think that should be 
somewhat alarming to the Bucks, even though I think they do deserve the the grace of switching coaches midseason is hard. Like the the Timberwolves weren't awesome last year after fire, or hiring Chris Finch midseason, but like I mean, their starting lineup were all like minus twenty in this game. Like Lillard was not very good. Giannis had 23, 8, 11, and 8 was minus 23. And I get that the Heat were on fire from deep, but like you have got to be more competitive than that at home against a shorthanded team that knocked you out of the playoffs last year. You just have to be. And so I am a little worried about them. I thought they were kind of crummy earlier in the season, despite their good record. Yeah. Look, it's, it's very concerning. I think, I think you make a really good point of like, if they can't get it right under doc rivers and that's two coaches in one season, like you have to really try and look at the roster, but like, how much can they do, right? You don't really have picks available to trade. You know, you're you're kind of limited with the type of players that you have that you can move that other teams would want. And when you let Kevin Love, right, go five of seven from deep against you for 19 points, like who saw that one coming where Kevin Love is lighting up, you know, the, the Milwaukee Bucks? If you'd said that like a year ago, a year and a half ago, we'd be like, what are, you, what are you talking about here, right? That I think is like the bigger concern of like, Look, teams fire their head coach when they need to do actual roster shakeups because that's easier to do than turning over your roster and building a new team, right? You just hope that that will work, even if it doesn't always actually do, do that here. But when you do it midseason and you bring in an established guy like Doc Rivers and it's not an interim coach, you kind of run out of excuses for what you do with the team here. So if this Bucks season contender continues to flounder like this, and look, good job beating some of the teams you should beat, but if you're losing like this to some of these top contending teams, like, yeah, like it, your ceiling feels very limited here. And I'm not sure what else the Milwaukee Bucks are like left to be able to do about this. Yeah, it's strange, certainly, that they aren't a little better with the coaching change. And, and the other thing is, like I did say that he hasn't been with the team for long, but some of the reporting was like that he was like shadow coaching or helping Adrian Griffin. So like in mm -hmm. theory, he's been following the Bucks at least to some major extent prior to actually getting the job as the head coach of the team. So some of this makes me lean like away from putting any sort of blame on Doc Rivers for this, but being four and six and any 10 game stretch as a contender is like, uh-oh, why? Well, like even if they didn't have the coaching changes, it's a bad stretch. And I've done this before, so I think the main reason that they maybe aren't like meeting expectations, for lack of a better term, they're third in the East. Their record's good. Like uh, yeah, but they slipped from thinking. second, right? Like that's yeah. not great. Oh yeah, they're like they're like this close to fourth. Like yeah. second round Celtics. That's all you want to avoid if you're the Bucks, right? It's it, and I, I hate to say it because he's been top eight in MVP five times and is awesome, and they traded a lot for him, but like. Dame hadn't been as good this year. He just hasn't, right? And, you know, he's still good, but he's shooting the low league average from three on sizable volume. His two-point percentage is lower than last year, right? He's just not quite the same level of dude, and maybe that was the old system. Maybe that's playing in a situation where he's not the alpha anymore, but if he's not the same Dame, that certainly makes me think differently about them, and a new coach has not found a way to invigorate him yet. And that was kind of, what I thought the big Doc Rivers hope would be is he could come in and find a way to make Dame look like Dame instead of like this 90% Dame. And that has not happened yet either. Dame five for 14 tonight. It feels like he has one of these every four or five games or he's just making a third of his shots and not that threatening all night. Yeah, like that was supposed to be kind of the, the move that really elevated him, right? Like that's why they got rid of Drew Holiday, who's been excellent, and then ironically goes to the, you know, Boston Celtics and is a perfect fit for them. And, you know, look, they traded for Drew Holiday and they won the title that same year, saw from New Orleans and that side here of everything. So, you know, like they kind of just went 
all in one to I think because of the pressure that Giannis was putting on them and it maybe just like hasn't worked out when do we start pointing the finger at Giannis for some of this though right like he wanted them to hire Adrian Griffin right and then didn't want him there anymore and seems like he's the reason for a lot of this right if you look at his tenure too right you had the Jason Kidd experiment he got fired during the season like there's been a lot of coaching and turmoil there around Giannis is that just because he's such a talented player an MVP candidate every single year so you're trying to kind of maximize around him as much or does that have something to do with him a little bit and his stats always look good he's playing well like he's probably a top pick your number less than five MVP candidate I would say so on the court yeah great but like part of being a leader if if the coaching hire that you're allegedly involved in goes wrong that's a little on you right that has to matter somewhat and you know he is speaking like correctly like when he's on the record I think he's done a good job of being like this isn't good enough we've got to be better at these six things like I was throw, right throw in the towel boys like, and, and the laundry <laughs> guys under the bus here yes I was standing right next to him in Indy when he said that you know he's got to think about how badly they've played against the Pacers like when he's like making love basically like that's what he implied like that you know he's saying stuff like this a lot like he understands that they've been bad but you're the leader you've got to find a way to get through to them and make them better especially when some of this is on your hands so I'll be curious uh if he can be any better or at least fire this team up and I don't I'm not like pointing my finger at Giannis in any way but as a team leader it is your responsibility to lift when you can and when you go four and six and any 10 game stretch is a contender that's concerning yeah, absolutely. So coming up next, the team that's chasing the Bucks in the standings, New York Knicks, might actually gain a game based on a protest they just filed with the league. We're going to play real or fake about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On NBA. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about Hungry Root. Hungry Root is your partner in healthy living. It's the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality groceries and simple, healthy recipes delivered to your door. You take a fun, short quiz, and Hungry Root will get to know your personal health goals, what you like to eat, the kitchen appliances you use, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to good use. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your personal taste, but each order is also fully customizable. Take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high quality meats and seafood, pantry staples, healthy snacks, sweets, ready to eat meals, and so much more. Think about all the time you'll save not needing to worry about meal planning, grocery shopping, a couple extra hours a week. What could you do with that? So everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's got to taste good, be, uh, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients, save hours planning, shopping, and cooking, Hungry Root delivers food you'll love. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Locked On NBA channel listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash Locked On to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Locked On NBA. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. And thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, rotating cast of hosts, breaking down all of the biggest stories around the association. And become an everydayer. Listen Monday through Friday. Never miss any of the biggest stories there. If you're an everydayer, let us know in the comments down below on YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Tony, it's Wednesday. That means we play real or fake. 
They talked about it in yesterday's show, the New York Knicks getting robbed. You're not necessarily robbed, getting kind of screwed over in terms of a loss. It was going to go to overtime otherwise, right? Who knows how that would have played out there on Jalen Brunson getting called for a foul on Aaron Holiday on that kind of heave of a three-point shot here. The last two-minute report came out, said it was an incorrect call. Ed Malloy, the official who made the call after the game to the pool report, said it was an incorrect call. So the league is essentially admitting that it was incorrect here. So the New York Knicks have filed a protest with the league trying to get this revisited here. Real or fake? This one's simple. Is that protest going to be upheld? Are we going to see them play overtime of this game? No. <laughs> no. I'm going fake. Um, I This is like the, the – I, I, I might be missing some. I'm sure there's been dumber missed calls in the last couple of years that I'm missing, like Kevin Durant being like wildly out of bounds in that one Warriors game was terrible. Um, I can't. I, I was looking at some last night when I was like reading about this foul. Oh, the James Harden dunk that went off his head and back out mm-hmm. that they didn't count. That was worse. But this is like the last second, last shot of a game. If you didn't see it, Jalen Brunson scores four points in the final minute to tie the game. And Aaron Holiday off an offensive rebound takes a three at the buzzer and kind of a foul. I get not really. I don't think I call not that really. a final reference. There's moment. like no like marginal foul, contact. Yeah, marginal contact at best. It didn't it didn't impede either player from like hitting the ground and landing safely Correct. either, which is kind of the big part of that, I think. And he kind of kicked his leg out, which they called an offense foul in the Knicks at the halftime buzzer. Anywho, the reason I don't think there's any chance this protest, even though this is a like this is a good protest to me. Like if you're going to protest the game, this is the standard it should be. Yeah, I like, agree. yes, the refs admit they messed up. I think no, because then every time there's any incorrect call in the last two minutes. The team would be like, oh, protest, time for a protest. And the NBA does not want that <laughs> at all. Um, and and maybe that is a little different because it's the very last second of the game. And if the Knicks and Rockets were playing again this season, this was their last game, maybe they could do it. Like, I think the last protest, they replayed the last 40 seconds of one game and then redid another one right after. I'm going with no just for that slippery slope of the standard of it's impossible to, to just say every time there's an incorrect call in the last – couple whatever seconds of of a of a game oh redo it redo the game again like no that's not that's not reasonable they're gonna mess up they messed up before that in the game that was just obviously the most important one yeah bobby marks talked about it on twitter and mentioned the slippery slope argument that you had there too and like that makes a lot of sense i think what's what's a little bit different than this is it's not like a call with a minute 30 left where okay like what can you do right like this one very clearly at that moment in time has an impact on at least the end of that game, right? I'm not saying the Knicks will win, but it should have gone to overtime. We can at least see that there's no there's no action after that where it's like, oh, now we got to unwind all of this, right? We just kind of pick it up from there. You go to overtime, you play the five minutes, and that will be that. It's So I get the slippery slope argument because I agree, like human error is part of this, right? Like human error when it comes to the refs is part of what it is. Like I keep saying this on here. We know too much about NBA refs because they're so impactful in the game, right? Like a lot of these guys have Wikipedia pages and there's no need and there shouldn't be Wikipedia pages for freaking (laughs) NBA refs, right? Like they're not the star of the show. No one goes to see these people here, right? Like why do we have that? But because 
but but human error is part of the game, right? Like it's how it goes, right? Players know the refs and some of their tendencies and how they like to call games. Like that factors into how you do some of your prep work. Not a ton, but a little bit here. You know, because this was like the final play of the game, I think this is going to get upheld because it's like fairly egregious. Both Ed Malloy and then the last two minute report comes out and says it. And I think we'll see overtime played between these two teams at some point in time. If there was like five seconds left after this game, or after this foul, I don't think they would approve. They would uphold this, but I think partially to disagree with you, I think this will get upheld here. Let me ask you this though: from your perspective, if you think it shouldn't be upheld because human error is part of this, like why do we have the last two minute report then? Like if we're not going to yeah. do anything about it, like why do we? Okay, I wasn't actually expecting you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> like to me, the last two minute report at this point now, given that usually nothing comes from this like what's the point of that it only stands to make things look kind of worse right like does is anyone happy with the last two minute report ever like even if you know your team got screwed are you still happy about it no no one is it's supposed to be in the name of transparency so i i have a couple thoughts one is like i'm pretty i don't know this but i've heard this before through the grapevine i'm pretty sure teams get a 48 minute report like the oh, every call you know, like, like is part of this. And maybe the rest, and the rest, like, I, you know, Ben Dassett's reported on this before. Like, I push the refs review, like, every call I make, right? So they could, like, here's what they could do if they do that. They'll look at this protest and go, well, hey, look, we benefited you with this call in the second quarter. So, no, your protest loses. I don't, I don't know how that works. But the other part of this is, like, the reason I think the last few minutes report is stupid is, like, well, one, who cares? It doesn't change anything. But two, like, imagine every time you analyzed, you know, you cover the Pelicans. Imagine every time you had to talk about Zion Williamson and analyze his game. The only stats you could use to cite his play were clutch stats, which is like one ninth of the game. <laughs> he looked right? terrible like, then, yeah, to it, be it, honest it's with stupid. you. It's a terrible way to to talk about a player. It's just like, well, let's look at the last five minutes of close games. Like, that's what the last two minutes report is. It's only when the game is close and it's only two out of 48 minutes. It, that's stupid. That doesn't actually give you any detail about how effective the refs are. Like, it, it that's why I think it's dumb. No, like it, it's like a closure thing, right? And like I'm, I'm a big yeah. believer in like relationships and stuff like that. Like closure is a myth. Like you got to give yourself. Own... Day, baby. This is yeah, point. here's what we're <laughs> here's what we're talking about to all y'all who just recently dumped or something like that. Get get your own closure yourself here. Uh, this has turned into relationship in, or locked on relationship advice, I guess. Here, um, huh? That's a good point, though. Like in no, general, it is. About what it is. Yeah. But it's just like, what's that going to do? Like you see that and you realize your team was screwed and then you feel terrible about it, right? Like no one is ever satisfied seeing something like that because it doesn't actually change things or accomplish things. And all it does is like justify your anger of already being angry. And then that kind of fuels it, I think, a little bit more when it comes to things. So it's like, I don't know. Like, is it time for them just to get rid of the last two minute report to release the full 48 minute report? Like officiating I feel is not been great. Like I, I, I tell this story or I tell this on my show, right? Like we do a sizzle reel for like sponsors and stuff where we send it out to like try and attract more, more sponsors for things like that for locked on. And one of them literally has a clip of me being like the NBA has an officiating problem or something like that. It's like always a story though. Like how do you try and I don't know, fix some of this stuff. I never, I'm a very anti-ref talker. Like I never share the story of the game. I try as hard as I possibly can to avoid it. And that this is this is where I think the last two minutes report is stupid. Like one of the most controversial calls of the season was in a game I covered. Pacer Celtics, Buddy Heald boops Jalen Brown on the head. They call it a block, and they reviewed it, and they're like, "Yeah, it was a block, no foul." And then the Pacers barely win. And then they put out the last two minutes report, 
And Buddy Heald even was like, yeah, I, I might have fouled him, right? <laughs> like, and then the last two minutes report's like, yeah, we got it right. No foul. And then all the Celtics people were like, well, this is stupid. The rule is stupid. He obviously fouled him. It's like, what was the point of saying you got the correct call if no one cares or believes you anyway? Like, it does, That's it does a great point. Transparency at that point. No, like it just is accomplishing nothing and looks like it only serves to make people like angry or something I'm like talking that. about, baby. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> Fill in a sec. Well, it's a big story here, right? Like This one is, no, this one is totally this different. This one's big. The protest got involved and they admitted instantly, not even before the two minutes, Ed Malloy said right after the game, my bad. I watched it, my bad. Which like, I don't want to like give Ed Malloy credit, right? Like I don't want to give refs credit like ever to be like perfectly honest, but like that's a heck of a thing to go to yeah. the pool reporter and be like, we, we messed up. Like we messed up, we got it wrong. And then it's like, yeah, then gets off. I mean, he'll, I'm sure there will be some repercussions for him yeah. and that crew somewhere in some of this, right? Like yeah. there's no doubt about that. Can I, I don't know. what I hope to happens? They can't Let's do it. Like I, they don't play again this year, right? If Ed, the second Ed Malloy said I messed up, they just call him out of the locker room <laughs> and do it right then. That would be kind of cool, actually, right? <laughs> I get like, why the Rockets would have been like, uh, no. So here, but here's the thing: like, say this gets upheld, right? The, so the Knicks were without Julius Randle in this game, and they were missing like two or three other people, right? By the, out, OG Ananobi was out. Yeah, there you go. So by the time this gets replayed, right? Like those guys are healthy. Are they allowed to play in the game? It's <laughs> a good question. Isn't there that story about the baseball player who was on second base? And then the game got delayed, and before they replayed it, he got traded. And he got called out. Was the ruling? Oh, I haven't heard that. That's I incredible. That, uh, like a very happened once in baseball history thing. And if I just made that up, I made that up. But That's if you a, believe I, me, there you I go. Hope he you didn't. That was a great story. I guess like, nobody gets a tech because he plays in the made-up game. He's not allowed to be out there. <laughs> like I don't know how that works. I guess they wouldn't be allowed to play, but like I don't know. Like that's it's super weird. There's a lot that goes into this. That's why it's actually like a big story here, and it did impact like the end of the game. It's not just like one call with like a minute and a half left. All right, but enough about the refs. We don't want to talk about them anymore. Coming up, buyout candidates. They're gonna help your team. Who are the top names out there? That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On NBA. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about eBay Motors. I actually am about this because I work on all of my cars. Passion, drive, patience. That's what brings home the winning trophy, and it's also what keeps your vehicle alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits make it louder. LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power, style, eBay Motors has you covered. I work on all of my cars. And I get all of my parts from eBay Motors because they have over 122 million parts for your vehicle. Whether it's an old classic car you're restoring, restoring or your everyday driver here, you'll find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time of your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. And thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Pelicans podcast, rotating Casa Os here, breaking down all of the biggest stories around the association. By the way, Tony, are you excited for All-Star? I'm thrilled. It's the last time it was here in Indy was 40 years ago. So this might be the only time my entire life it's in the city I live in. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Uh, party at your house? That's right. Yes. Yes. There will at least be one other lockdown host in this home this weekend. But 
uh, we'll, we'll see how many. More. <laughs> it's like, wait, which host? Who's going? We'll see. I'll tell you later. <laughs> okay. I was like, why the secrecy? All right. Now I want to know the mystery here and none of y'all listeners are allowed to find out here. Um, no, it's going to be a fun weekend. I know we'll be covering it here on Locked On NBA with everything going on. And also, if you have a team you root for, go check out that Locked On NBA show. They'll be talking all-star and everything like that. Who's All here right. from the Pels? Is anybody here from the Pels? I don't think so. I'm kind of <laughs> fine with that. Like, <laughs> They have no all-stars? That's... I guess no all stars. Trey like, Murphy, Hawkins and the Rising Stars, or something. Oh yeah, so you have like those guys. So Hawkins yeah. is in there. I think Dyson Daniels is in there as oh, yeah, well. Either. And there might be a third person that I I've like actually forgotten about that Rising <laughs> Stars game and everything like entirely. Actually, um, there you go. Okay. Literally think I said on my show, I was like, and yeah, no pals are doing all star. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, none of the ones that like truly matter, I guess, are like in there for everything. So there's that. Um, I don't know. I want them to just go get some rest, chill out and try and score more than 100 points because they haven't done that in back to back games, which is like mildly concerning to me here. Well, let's uh, talk about the buyout market because maybe the Pelicans, I don't know if the Pelicans will get somebody, but hey, there's a, they got a roster spot had. for it. There's, the Pacers have one too. So uh, I'm intrigued by this topic as well. It, it's an interesting. So it's interesting this year because of the new rules in the collective bargaining agreement, yeah. where if you're a first or second apron team, you can't go and sign a guy who is making more than the mid-level exception. So that ruled Kyle Lowry out for a number of teams, right? We ruled a couple other guys out as well. So like, it's very intriguing. Like the, the Denver Nuggets can't go get one of those guys when they could really use a player like that. So it might mean teams that normally wouldn't be buyout market teams like are going to potentially be in the running for one or two of these guys. Um, so we've the seen Suns were just able to get Thad young because he was just under it. And that's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Getting a good player for them is extremely significant. Yeah. So they, they need, they need some that. more depth there, right? Like yeah. we saw Spencer Dinwiddie. He just signed with the Lakers. They played in this game here. He had like a decent enough game, but they need another like ball handler point guard. So exactly. I kind of like that move for him. He had four assists in their win, which as we're recording is still going on, but they were killing the Detroit Pistons. Dinwiddie, sorry, seven assists. See, like that's kind of significant when you have a big man in Anthony Davis that needs someone to like get him the ball here. So Dinwiddie has signed, Kyle Lowry signed, Thad Young has signed. Who are your top guys in the buyout market? I think Davis Bertans. Tall shooters are pretty valuable in general. Uh, OKC moved him to Charlotte in the Gordon Hayward trade. He's playing for the Hornets, but like, do they really? Do they care? <laughs> do they really care? You know, maybe, but I would imagine they would at least talk to him. Uh, about it and I think he's an all right player like he especially with the hit that year with the wizardry he was so good he got 85 million dollars and he's not that player anymore but like he has a peak level as a shooter that is extremely high uh, so he's one that makes sense to me Joe Harris is already bought out he might be washed but like he can kind of shoot it too Gallinari can kind of shoot it too he I think he's already been waived uh, but I think I have a favorite yeah. player if you don't mind Jake I have one favorite buyout player are you gonna say Killian Hayes oh no I am absolutely not gonna okay. say Killian Hayes <laughs> I don't think. All right, who are you gonna say? Uh, <laughs> that's funny. That's like the opposite of the experience. Same team wave. This guy, Daniel House, is like okay. Like Daniel House can kind of defend on the wing. He's an he's a connecting ish piece on offense. Like he's in, he could be in a rotation for a lot of teams. And I don't I don't know necessarily who the perfect fit for him is. But anyone who kind of needs wing depth, I'm kind of like yo, go try Daniel House. He's okay. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Like anyone who's got like. 
like a, like a decent enough shooter that's got some defense, like is going to find a role or at least be a nice depth piece in case of injury on like a playoff team. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I don't, I don't hate that at all. Like, I think that's a guy that, again, you can never have too many wings. I mean, that's why the, the Suns went and signed Thad Young, right? Like, just why not? to get a guy like that, that can kind of contribute kind of in that same vein, in that same mold. You can never have enough of those kind of guys. So I wouldn't be shocked if like several contending teams are kind of going after him here. Um, you know, potentially same for Gallinari, right? Like you, you mentioned him, yep. he's a shoots near 39%, 40%, I think for his career from three here, right? He's tall. That's useful. You know, uh, he was bought out already. He's cleared waivers and everything. I think all of these guys have cleared waivers at this point. So it's going to be interesting because I think more guys are in play for some of them. I don't know. I'm actually intrigued by killing Hayes for someone to take a flyer on him. I was like very high on him going into the draft and then, Oh man, did he fall out of favor in Detroit with Monty Williams? Like as hard as that you could oh, yeah. possibly do that to the point where they just straight up were like goodbye, which is like genuinely shocking to me to kind of see. He had a comical last couple of days where he, he played less and less and less and less. And then the reporting came out that they're like, Yeah, we're gonna trade Killian Hayes. And then he started their next game and they they won. <laughs> they beat the Kings and then he got cut the next day. <laughs> the roller coaster of Monty Williams with the Pistons this season. Yeah, I mean, put over a thousand minutes this year, but I don't think he's very good. But he is a former no. lottery pick. He will certainly get signed somewhere because yeah, like someone should take a flyer on him, yeah. right? Like, what's a team like the Wizards have to lose I, with like playing a guy like that? Like, say the Wizards. I have an idea. All right, let's hear it. And it's the Wizards. They have Koulibaly. They have the French. They have French already. Buy out Daylon Wright. Get down right onto the buyout market because he's good on defense and would help a lot of teams. He would, he would, oh, he man. would be a team that a guy that I think a lot of teams would go after. Hells, could yeah, be would one. love it. Their bench defensive guys are already strong, and then use the roster spot from buying out right to get Killian Hayes in the door. There you go. You figured Everybody it out. Wins. You just solved the NBA here with everything. <laughs> Two guys who haven't been bought out yet that I think are maybes: uh, Patty Mills in Atlanta. He never plays. And it makes sense. They have a lot of guards, but he's like, okay. He was okay for the Nets last year. Chetty Osman, he's good. So maybe the Spurs wouldn't do that, but he does the Spurs care about Chetty Osman anymore? No, I mean, probably not. Yeah. So I, I think those are two like okay to good players that could be available. Yeah. Like, um, did Corey Joseph get bought out yet? He got waived by the Pacers. Yep. They the trade so, like, line. he's available if you need some depth there, too. Like, yeah, I don't no, know. Right. Like, it's. It, it's something, right? Like if you just want to add someone to your team, you got Marcus Moore senior too. He's there. So like, I don't know. There's, there's a couple of names out there. It's not some of like the big names that we've like really truly seen in years past. I think that's partially due to some of the rules with them knowing they couldn't go to some of the teams they want to go to. So what's yep. the kind of the point of like giving some money back just to get out of a situation? Cause a buyout is usually the player giving money back to the team and kind of like amending their contract, things like that. Um, or the team being like, we'll give you X percent of the remaining amount and buying you out that way. So it's not what you, people usually think here. Um, I don't know. Like, do any of these guys scream like difference maker to you in like the truest sense of like the word for everything? Not really. I mean, if Dinwiddie's going to be in a rotation for a playoff hopeful, maybe there's one. Um, yeah. Anyone who's playing in a rotation, I suppose, could be like Kyle Lowry could be, although he's been a declining player for the last couple of years. To me, the buyout market, if you, you usually are getting like a ninth guy anyway. Like there's a reason a team is just willing to have a roster spot instead of them. Um, but I think a lot of times, especially now with the, how deep the NBA is, 
the value is like you get a, maybe a 10th guy who doesn't play every game, but you know if there's an injury, you have a rock yeah. solid guy who can play. And that, especially if you're a contender, can be really valuable. That's why the Celtics, for example, got Xavier Tillman. They're like, you know what? If our centers, our old centers, creaky centers get hurt, we've got a rock solid third one now. Like that kind of stuff matters in the bio market can be good for that. Yeah. All right. Before we wrap up really quickly, give us a local spot in Indy for anyone going there for all-star. Oh. But if I say a good one, people will go there and then the wait will be longer for me. Okay, give us your second favorite one. <laughs> uh, Taxman Brewery is right by the arena. That's going to be fun and exciting. My favorite pizza place is called Pearl Street Pizzeria. It's in an alley. I promise it's real. I promise it's there. It's very good. Um, those are my two faves. The Eagle is my favorite downtown restaurant, but it's like not the closest to the arena. We'll see. It'll be fun. I can't wait. There you go. Local knowledge that only Locked On experts can provide provide here. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On NBA on Wednesdays. I'm your co-host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. He's Tony East, at Tony R. East on Twitter, host of the Locked On Pacers. Appreciate y'all listening. Nick Angstad, Path the Designer, tomorrow. See y'all next week.